Welcome back to the home of explanations. You've got more than money. You've got. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Who do we have this morning? Hold your breath. Hold your breath. They got the band back together. <laughs> Welcome to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You have Alyssa Young. And it's a gorgeous morning out there. It Ooh, sure is. It's so weird for a Saturday. It's not raining. It's, it's not cold. No, it's, it's not, not gray. humid. It's 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 glorious. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. So uh, welcome to More Than Money and welcome to uh, a More Than Money co-hosted. Back by popular demand. We're back together. <laughs> Yes, the audience demanded it. Um, so enough of this solo nonsense. I, 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 I'm I'm sure the audience did demand it. That's true. Um, my wife just insisted I leave the house. She said, "I don't care if you go to the radio show. Just get out." <laughs> <laughs> You're right. She uh, wasn't awake yet, was she? No. <laughs> Please. Oh. Called that bluff. Goodness. <laughs> One had nothing to do with the other. Um. You had Zumba last week. That was good. Wasn't that cool? It was fun. And I have a very perplexing question after that. How is it that I can remember the steps to Zumba dances that we first learned more than five years ago? I haven't been to Zumba in like a year. Wow. And she plays some of the what we call oldies but goodies. And I know the whole song. I know exactly what to do and when to do it. And I hadn't been there in a year, and it's a dance we first learned five, six years ago, and I just know it. It's just in there. And then at the same time, I can forget, like, so many other things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always saying, if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget to do that, or I'm going to forget, you know, to tell someone this. But I get to Zumba, and it's just, it's there, you know? It's there. Well, a couple things. Number one, your lifestyle is such that you've got, Somewhere between three and 300 things going at all times. Mm. So writing things down makes a great deal of sense. Mm. And Zumba dance is Zumba dance is Zumba dance. It's uh, You repeated it like memory. muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, was a, it was a great time. Very fun. Uh, good workout. I was going to go directly to the grocery store after Zumba. Like I sometimes go directly to the grocery store after the radio show. Yeah. I was way too sweaty for that. I thought it would be very rude. Um for the other customers at the giant, if I didn't go home and shower first, you so should have gone. No, you should have gone. <laughs> it was, I was uh, gross. Ask me why you should have gone. Why? Because it would not have been crowded around you. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> you would have had an easy access to whatever you were shopping for. I would have been getting a lot of dirty looks too. Oh, please <laughs> get out of here. Please, nasty. like, like we're not already used to that. Come on, please. <laughs> have you seen the stock market lately? Please. <laughs> Actually, have you seen the stock market? Yeah, we had a good week. Uh, and a, uh, following on last week was a good week, and the week before was a okay week. So mm-hmm. we've had three weeks that were not negative. Mm-hmm. They weren't up as much as they had been down, but we'll take whatever positive gains we can get. Oh, no, we haven't recovered yet. Not yet. But, but there are lights in the tunnel. Yes. Some people think it's the headlights on the train, (laughs) but it's not. It's lights. It's lights. I will take whatever light we can get. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, um, about lights, about why you should be optimistic, about why you should be cautiously. Yeah, cautiously. That makes sense. But cautiously optimistic. We're going to talk about that. We've got a fistful of questions. We're going to talk about tax loss harvesting. 
something a lot of folks have not in recent years uh, had any real opportunity opportunity for because everything's been kind of going up. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about the jobs report. But most importantly, we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about what you're most interested in. And the way we do that is remarkably simple. We give you as many ways as we can for you to reach out to us. And the first, foremost, and most traditional is by phone. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. You talk to Mr. Sunshine himself, Mr. John Elliott. You get to talk to uh, Alyssa Young. You get to talk to Gene uh, and hopefully get your questions asked and answered in a way that is uh, uh, most pleasing to you. And just as a reminder, as I caught just a quick glimpse of last night's sports, uh, Yankees won again, Phillies won again in this. I think it was the after the first game of the season where both the Yankees and Phillies won, I announced that they would be meeting each other in the World Series. Mm-hmm. And um, about two weeks later, after the Phillies had dropped five in a row, mm-hmm. everybody went, eh, you're not so good at this. I'm going, okay, okay, pump your brakes. It's a long season. They are on a tear, and they are playing really, really well. Not as well as the Yankees. Mm-hmm. The Yankees have the best record in baseball. But really, really good. So 610-720-7900 if you re- wish to reach us by email. That's easy. A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Gene, G-E-N-E at askmtm.com. And, of course, if you're a bit further afield or if you are uh, uh, working, perhaps, and you want to jump on the headsets and Keep on booking and yet still pick up our show. It's easily done. Uh, All you need to do is go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, and through the miracles of modern technology and iHeartMedia, we are available coast to coast, north and south. We're available wherever there's Internet. But for our listeners from Nigeria and from Germany, we just got our analytics back on our website. And second to the United States, we have the most visitors from Germany, and number three is Nigeria. Well, it's mostly I, the prince from oh, Nigeria. Yeah, he's yeah, trying he's to get his fan. money. He's trying to get his money out. <laughs> I'm just thinking. He's just searching oh. for people that can help him get millions out. Ancestry there. DNA says that I am like a sliver of Ni- Nigerian, so it's probably my. Oh, it's probably family. your family. Yeah. I I didn't even. Th- my apologies. Yeah. I should have thought through that because yeah, my cousins. I was there with you when you did your whole ancestry thing. That That's was true. cool. Yeah, that was one the family of, uh, tree. Oh, fantastic experience. Speaking of fantastic experience, you better start talking about Wednesday night. <laughs> What's going to happen with us? Wednesday night, we are hosting our fourth Invest in You event. And we're piggybacking on the Laughing at My Nightmare virtual 5K, which it's this is the 10th anniversary yes. of the Laughing at My Nightmare 5K. We've been at every one. It's awesome. MTM is a proud sponsor Ugh. of this event, and it used to be a typical 5K where mm-hmm. everybody got together and ran or walked a 3.1-mile course, and it was like a party atmosphere. It was great. COVID happened. They made it virtual, so you would pay to run or walk or roll this 5K, and it would be a fundraiser for Laughing at My Nightmare, which supplies supportive devices and technology to people with disabilities. 
Um, so they decided to do it virtual where you have a week where you do the 3.1 miles or one mile or whatever you want on your own. And then you can send in your results and send in pictures and it's still fun. Well, last year we were like, you know what would make this more fun if we did it together as a group? (laughs) And we did. We had a, a decent number of people. And then this year we decided to try to make it even bigger and use it as an invest in you event and invite others to join us. So uh, as of now, we have about 32 people planning to get together to run, walk, or roll um, in a neighborhood right down the street from our office at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night. We have a course mapped out, and we will have some water and refreshments, and we'll have a start and a finish line, and we'll have everybody there to spray chalk. Spray chalk. I bought spray chalk <laughs> to mark <laughs> the arrows on the road. Last year, I used sidewalk chalk. And I went to the neighborhood before the race and I drove around and kept getting out of my car and drawing arrows on the road with the sidewalk chalk down to the nubs like, you know, yeah. And I was sweaty and tired before the race (laughs) even started, like not even exaggerating because it was 110 percent humidity that night. Um, It was a lot of work. I bought spray chalk because I think it's going to make it a little easier. Um, But anyway, we're excited. And we had a deadline to RSVP of Friday yesterday. But if there's somebody who hears us and, you know, I really want to join you, it's not too late. You can join us. We were just trying to get a good, you know, handle on on how many people we would be. I informed the police department and I emailed the township manager. I said, just so you know, there's going to be a crowd of people descending on uh, presidential estates on Tuesday or Wednesday (laughs) night. So um, anyway, if you are interested, the details are on our website and you can email or call me and you can still join us. But I'm looking forward to it. Oh, me too. There's uh, there's a couple obvious reasons why we would love to have you join us. Laughing in my nightmare is just one of the most wonderful experiences, one of the most wonderful relationships that we have with more than money. Um, Shane and Sarah, starting in college and developing this program, they have given away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of supportive equipment to folks who really, really need it. That has been a great joy for us to be part of that. Um, so that obviously is a reason you would, might want to come. Invest in You is the second reason you might want to come because uh, the Invest in You events that we've had and that this uh, falls right in line with, is uh, it's not about investing in the traditional sense. It's about investing in you as a human being, as the quality of life, about joining other like-minded people who live life with cautious optimism, glass half full. And yeah, things are crazy. Well, how about doing something that's a little less crazy, come out and and whether it's a financial support, uh, whether it's uh, uh, immoral support, just cheering us on, whether you're crazy enough to actually do what we're uh, going to do, Alyssa's going to run. I'm going to walk very, very quickly. Uh, well, we'll see how quickly. And uh, lots of folks are going to do everything in between. And whether it's a couple hundred yards up the street and then you come back and have a a beverage mm-hmm. uh, or whether it's uh, 3.15K, that's it's up to you. There are two other reasons why you might want to join us, and I would encourage you to do so. The first of which is that Sarah Yusinoff, co-founder of Laughing in My Nightmare, is joining us. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't had the chance to meet Sarah, this is a great opportunity because she is not only the co-founder and uh, one of the guiding lights of a tremendous organization, she is a wonderful young woman. She is an inspiring young woman. She is a tremendous young woman. 
And when you get a chance to hang out with that kind of quality person, you should take the chance. So mm-hmm. come and join us and get to meet Sarah. And lastly, but not least, since Gene nearly died last year, um, he's in much better shape. <laughs> Lost 20 plus pounds. Gene's going to be uh, properly attired this year. None of this uh, baggy long pants, shorts, showing off the toned legs. <laughs> so I for, mean, what more reason? Exactly. We should have led with that. Well, I've, I'm just saying there's people out there going, well, no, wait a second. <laughs> I'm going to clear my schedule. I mean, <laughs> Alyssa, Diane, Megan, there's so many. that are, They were already fit. They were already fit. And the, and the picture from last year, I think, demonstrates that rather well. They were already fit. And then, and then there was, and now there, and now in addition to, so we'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see. My, uh, I have my goals. I have personal goals. <laughs> um, the word survival's in there somewhere. It's when you run a race, they say, like professionals say, you should set more than one goal. So you have like your ultimate goal, which might be to exceed a certain time. Yeah. And then you're maybe you're, if you miss that one, well, you go down to goal number two, which yeah. might be like, you know, Surviving. faster than whatever. And yeah. then maybe goal number five would just be to survive. To finish. So yeah. So you can set a few, a few other, ah. you know, pie in the sky goals or maybe reasonably within reach goals. And then you're like, if it's all just falls apart, you at least achieve the survival. If it goal. all falls apart, I get to hang out with, Great people, wonderful people who are there for a tremendous reason and will gather together as we did last year. We'll take some pictures that ended up going far and wide Yeah, uh, through Laughing in My Nightmare, through uh, Strategic Financial Alliance, the SFA, uh, through our website, through uh, social media. We got we have for a year gotten a lot of comments, (laughs) some compliments, but a lot of comments about what's actually happening. So uh, please come and join us. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Robert. Robert, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. <laughs> and your, and your, well, your female. <laughs> I like you. I like you both. <laughs> but I have a question that uh, bothers me since I'm getting older and I'm going to die soon. I know that. And I've left trust agreements for all of my assets and is the tax does the state still take it even if you list it as a trust agreement for the um, if i die and they're supposed to get it do they state still take it from the trusts uh they don't take it from the trust but it will still be included in your taxable estate i see okay well then and on on the biggest thing concerns me is 30 years ago i bought stock in the company I worked for. Yeah. And uh, it was very low when I bought it. I mean, really low. In fact, it's gotten to the point where it's went into the into the thousands, let's put it that way. And I set my, my uh, child up to receive that when I leave because I haven't needed it yet. Mm-hmm. And it's just that, well, let's just say in 30 years, it's, it's amounted to a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Are, is that is the state going to take some money from whatever she gets there, or is who who pays the tax? She ought to pay the tax. Yeah. Now, is are we talking about your daughter? Yeah. Now, is she the executor of your estate? Yes, she is. Okay. So there's there's uh, two 
Well, three pieces of information I think you really should have, and and two out of the three are pretty darn good, and the other one's okay. Uh, the uh, the stock that you're talking about that has uh, grown so much over so very many years, um, if you were to sell it, you would pay a capital gains tax. The first good piece of news is that if your daughter inherits this stock and she sells it, she will not pay a capital gains tax. Uh, the tax laws are set up in such a way that if you inherit a stock with a lot of profit, you can sell it without tax. So that will be very beneficial uh, to your daughter. Secondly, as the executor, she'll be in control of how um, bills of any type, whether it's estate taxes, final expenses, funeral expenses, any bills that might be needed to be paid, uh, final income tax uh, forms, that type of thing. She'll be in control of that. So she'll have a lot of options as to how she wishes to pay whatever those bills may be. Now, the one thing that she will be made aware of is that the state of Pennsylvania uh, does impose an inheritance tax. It's four and a half cents on the dollar, four and a half percent for direct descendants, as she would be for you. So, yeah, there will be a small inheritance tax, small percentage of an inheritance tax. But along with that, she will end up avoiding what sounds like it could be a very large income tax bill. So in the long run, she's going to turn out to be uh, very much benefited. And because she's the executor, she's going to very much be in control and informed every step of the way. So it sounds to me like you're in really, really good shape. Well, she don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think she'll have to cash in the stock. But uh, if she just keeps it like, going and going, does the tax? How's the tax going to affect her? Yeah, it's a good question. Now, let me give you. I I know. Uh, I I don't want to be um, specific because. I don't want to know the details over the phone as everybody's listening, but I'll give an example that many, many years ago, you paid $5 a share for the stock. It's now worth 105 If you were to cash it in, that's $100 of profit that is taxable. The tax would be somewhere around $20 a share. If your daughter were to inherit that um, and, and then almost immediately sell it, all of that 105 is tax-free to her. She doesn't pay any tax. If she decides to hang on to it and it continues to rise, let's say it goes from 105 to 155. Well, her 105 is still tax-free. It she would only pay tax on the gain that would happen after you have passed. Yeah, well, I see. I'm, well, that's what I'm concerned because I'll tell you what, it's already up to two hundred something. Yeah. Well, this is you have done and planned as best you possibly can. You have made the very best of the situation. Uh, it seems to me that you will have benefited your daughter rather dramatically, and thereafter she'll get some good counsel from some good financial advisors, and then she'll make her very best plans as well. Robert, we wish you we wish you the very best. Thank you so much for the phone call. I know. I told her to see you with when <laughs> uh, and if it's not me, Alyssa's hanging around. <laughs> She'll be there. So We'd be God, happy to help. Yeah, God bless <laughs> you, sir. Take care. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Gene at askmtm.com. 
morethanmoneyonline.com. Tax loss harvesting is a topic that I don't remember the last time we talked about. Hmm. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I it may it may actually predate Alyssa. I don't know. Uh, I feel like it came up maybe once, but so give give our audience just the the bare bones framework of what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So tax loss harvesting is the process of realizing capital losses to offset capital gains to um, minimize your tax liability. Pretty good stuff. So let's use an example. Let's say that we have an investment that we paid $10,000 for. It's now worth 8000 It's down 20%. I'm pretty unhappy. How am I ever going to get any of my money back? Mm. Now, wait a second. You said if I sell it, I have a $2,000 loss. Mm-hmm. That might be useful. Because mm-hmm. in the future, when you have gains, which you will in the mm-hmm. future, mm-hmm. Um, that loss will cancel out the tax you would owe on the gains. And if you don't have gains for 2022, but you have locked in a $2,000 loss, is that useful? Yeah, you can carry it over to next year. And you can actually use up to $3,000 of it per year. Yes. So if we have a $2,000 loss this year, you can use that to offset other income, including earned income. If you, if you, mm-hmm. you you've right. got, you know, $80,000 income from the, your, your employer. Now you're only paying tax on 78. Right. So you don't even have to, to carry the carryover is helpful when your loss is more than 3000. And for some folks in our audience who are remembering back to 2008, they're going, Oh yeah, we get that. Oh yeah, we get that <laughs> a lot. That. <laughs> uh, we had losses measured in the 80, 90, 100,000, 200,000. Those carry forwards. There are some folks still carrying forward mm. because there were not a whole lot of opportunities for them to write off along the way. Mm-hmm. One of the things that surprises people, I think, a lot. When we talk about tax loss harvesting, the asset that most people come that that comes to most people's mind is stocks. Stock, sure. Is that the only asset that you can take a loss on and write it off? The answer is, oh heck no. Now it's unusual to have a loss in real estate, but it's possible. That's a tax loss that you can deduct. It's un, it's sadly not unusual to have a loss in a small business. Mm. You can write that off. You can write off uh, losses with mutual funds, mm-hmm. exchange-traded funds. And a category that a lot of people don't think about might be the leading category this year. What's that? Bonds. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks go, well, I've got stocks, mm-hmm. and but they're all up. I don't think... Look at your bonds. Look at your bond portfolio. Look at your bond ETFs. Look at your bond mutual funds. The bond market on average is down about 14% this year. So if you've got bonds perhaps that you've held for many, many years and that you really like, doesn't mean you have to leave bonds. You might want to, but it doesn't mean you have to. But if you've got tax losses in your bond portfolio, this might be a very good time to take those losses and reevaluate where that money should be. And since John has given us the fingers, 
uh, several times to let us know we're close to a break. Uh, when we come back from the break, I think uh, we, we should probably talk about some alternatives. Let's say, indeed, you're looking at your bond portfolio. You had a $400,000 portfolio. Half of it was in bonds. Your average, your bonds are down. Your 200000 is down to $170,000. you are pretty unhappy. If you liquidate those bonds, you've locked in a $70,000 tax deductible loss that could save you five or 6000 bucks on your taxes. But now what do we do with the money? Well, we'll, get, we'll give you some options. We'll give mm-hmm. you some ideas. In addition, um, one of the options uh, that Alyssa is not um, 100%, no, she's not aware at all, that we're going to talk about is one of the emails that I've got on top of my list for the stack. So great fun. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Morethanmoneyonline.com. It's not unusual. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Oh, it's, that's that's the perfect music for the Carlton. Oh, great piece of music. Thank you, Mr. Tom Jones. That is great stuff. Is he still alive? Wow, I wonder how old he is. 85, 86? Do you know what Zach would say? Ask the magic rectangle. And then you go, and then you go hey, Siri, yeah. how old is Tom Jones? And what did Siri say? She's working on it. She's looking it up right now. She's checking his birth certificate. He's 82. Wow. <laughs> He's a very cool guy. Thank you, John. Great piece of music. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Uh, after the show today, if you are very, very lucky, you might catch me at Relic Hunter because I'm going up there to take advantage. They have some wonderful sales. Holy crap. If you've been listening to Gunter this week, the promos, go on, or if you didn't, go on the Relic Hunter website because the promos are right there. They're fantastic. So I'm going to head up there, see uh, Gerard and uh, Stezelberger and some of the good people up there. If you are lucky, you get to say hi to me 
And <laughs> if you are really lucky, a little bit later, a little bit of luck, toasted and roasted down at Broad and New in Bethlehem. They're getting good reviews. A lot of our clients are going down, call me, send me emails going, ooh, that coffee is good. Awesome. And the baked goods are good. It's all good. So, and you're heading out. I'm just stopping at the UPS store on my way home. Well, somebody's at the UPS store on the way out. They're going to go, hey, I know her. You can catch me at the grocery store later. (laughs) (laughs) 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. So, uh, if... Okay, that was on and disappeared. Uh, So, if... Someone heard us discussing tax loss harvesting. Mm-hmm. And if someone is already looking at their bond portfolio saying, wow, with interest rates rising, my bonds are down a lot. Mm-hmm. And I could use some tax deductions. So that kind of all makes sense. I liquidate my bonds. I lock in those losses. I can reinvest now hopefully for a better return, Mm -hmm. where do I reinvest? What are some of the options? Understanding, of course, that whatever we talk about, there is no one answer for everybody. There's no perfect answer that fits everybody. It's got to be, it's got to be customized. It's got to be custom fitted to you. But where might you start? Okay. So because we're talking about the bond portion of the portfolio, we want to um, be mindful of the risk that we're taking because you probably already have a significant allocation in equities that you you don't want to tip the scales too much. So one option might be a fixed annuity. Ah, very good. Um, pretty basic. Yep, pretty basic. You get a modest but better than nothing interest rate, no risk, principal is protected. Now, modest is in the eye of the beholder. That's right. So I current I mean, compared I to what you should expect for equity. Oh sure, because <laughs> if you're thinking modest, like at the bank where they're paying zero point two, uh, three year annuity. This is a list of top annuity interest rates right now. Three year annuity top rate four percent. Yeah, that's actually quite good. Way better than a sharp stick in the that's eye. That's right. And what we've been used to. unlike bonds, that when interest rates go up, the value goes down. This value does not go down. Right. And the value, the interest rate is guaranteed it is locked in you get three years worth of four percent four percent other option um buffered etfs buffered etfs are very interesting Mm -hmm. i give you uh protection Mm -hmm. and yet an opportunity protection uh there's a a variety of flavors but Ah. uh one example 15 percent Downside protection, That's that means if the S&P 500 is down within 15% from the time you buy the buffered ETF to when you sell it, you lose nothing. Mm. Um, but you have upside potential of currently, in some of these types of holdings, up to 17%. That, wow. There's so, nothing to sneeze at there. So um, you get, An opportunity. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a lot of downside protection. Mm-hmm. So there's an alternative. I've got another alternative that I think is pretty interesting, but I want to read the email first. But as we always do, our callers go to the top of the list. So we go to the phones at 610-720-7900. We talk to Gary. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Gene. Alyssa, how are you doing today? Good. Good. Uh, I've got somewhat of a uh, 
tax preparation question, I guess I'd call it. Okay. Uh, to give you a brief oversight of last year, uh, I switched accountants. Uh, when I filed my taxes, I got like $8,000 back, which was a tremendous windfall. So <clears throat> this year, I decided to uh, convert some of my IRA to Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. So naturally, I had a tax implication there. So um, when I sent my – I was thrilled because I got all my material together at the beginning of March and got it to my accountant. Apparently, they got back to us, uh, not on company letterhead, but just like from Jane or something like that. This email came saying that anyone – that filed at in in from March first on would be uh, uh, um, they'd have to delay their their taxes on right? extension extension thank you so um, I you know okay well that was the first time I ever filed an extension so all right fine so they gave me an estimate and I uh, of two thousand dollars so I thought okay well you know so I paid it and then um, the the extension went on and went on and so finally. Uh, they filed and I owed $10,000. And I guess the majority of it was because of what I converted from my IRA to my Roth. Okay. So a little while later, I get a letter from the IRS saying that I owe them an additional $135 in penalty because of late filing. Okay. Because, or late paying, actually, I guess, I guess that mm. would be, or, so, or something like that, I, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I, I'm totally unfamiliar. And I guess my question is when they file an extension like that, don't they go back in and take a real rough estimate like, oh, my gosh, this was a big change from last year to this year? Or is this just normal? I ended up uh, when the letter I got it like four days before I was supposed to send the money in. So I was supposed to send the money in July 4th. So I sent it in figuring I'm dealing with the IRS. Uh, I'm not dealing with the accountant, and they're the one that's going to hold me responsible. So I did. Well, the accountant got back to me yesterday and said, don't send the money in. We'll deal with the IRS. Well, I, I would then I would have been in arrears again. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I did the right. I, it, I, can you clarify this at all? Is, yeah, is this a Gary. I, practice? I, yeah, I think you did the right thing. Uh, should they have noted um, because they had your documents in hand? Should they have noted that you did a conversion? Sure. Should they have noted that that would have projected your income tax to be significantly higher? Sure. Um, the reality is um, March 1st, well, that's a little early to automatically throw people on extension. I'm a little surprised at that. Uh, I would say in our practice that that is more maybe the third week of March, maybe April 1st, they went on automatic extension. March 1st is pretty early. That either means you're dealing with a company that's very large, that's doing a tremendous number of returns, or you're dealing with a company that's very small and they're not, they don't have the capacity to handle the returns that they're doing. And they just figured what the, Hey, why are we going to kill ourselves for the next six weeks? We'll just spread this out until October 15th. I think you did the right thing, sending the money in for two reasons. Number one, 135 bucks. It will, if the accountants are so inclined to charge you for um, uh, what disputing this, it'll cost you way more in accounting fees than it would the 135 bucks. So in my mind, I would have done exactly what you did. Now let's um, give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that the, the uh, accountants are going to dispute this and when you'll get your money back. 
it it won't be for a long long time i i i wouldn't wouldn't make dinner plans for next week based on getting your money back but you'll get it back so you have eliminated a a problem kind of going forward for a relatively small amount of money that maybe comes back to you maybe it doesn't and and in either event it's kind of mox nicks i would want to be very clear with my accounting firm uh, if you say, don't worry, don't, uh, don't send that in, we'll dispute this. Are they going to be charging you by the hour to do this disputation? Because if they are, you might want to tell them, you know what? I paid it. Let it ride. Cause you'll end up spending more on that than you will on the 135 bucks. Okay. Well, that's some good advice because, <clears throat> excuse me, prior to this, uh, I, made a phone call to the accountant. It was just uh, in a preparatory type of call and I got a bill for 200 bucks and I had no idea I was even going to be charged. I just assumed it was a, a, it was, yeah, that one, they kind of blindsided me with that one. So, all right, I'll be cooking at home, Gene. (laughs) God bless you, sir. All right. Thanks a bunch. Bye-bye. 610-720-7900. There are lots of situations where you've really got to uh, swallow hard and make a good business judgment, just a good practical judgment. Is it annoying that the frickin' IRS computer just spits out a letter? Yeah, it's annoying. That's really annoying. Is it annoying when you're, you have the outro music halfway through a segment? Yeah, but still, you got to put up. The, it, it, and, it, and it's all it was. It was a computer generated. Hey, you owed money in the first quarter. You didn't pay it. Here's, send us 135 bucks. There's nobody down there watching and going, oh, the guy made a good effort. Let it ride. No, it's all computers. Most of those people are not even back in the office. Bunch of weenies. Bottom line is... You make a judgment call. If if an accountant's going to charge you 200 bucks for a chat on the phone, what are they going to charge you for sending letters to the IRS? And, oh, oh, don't get me started. Diane, if that is her real name, how many stories this tax season about? I was on hold with the IRS today for an hour and 40 minutes before they picked up and said, oh, yeah, we can't help you with that. So if they charge by the hour and they sit on hold, and by the way, as Diane would never charge for the hour and 40 minutes because while she's on hold, she got three tax returns done. <laughs> she, she's efficient. She's, she thinks through this. But you don't want to, what, the old phrase, you don't want to throw a good money after bad. Right. Pay the 135 eat it home for two weeks, you'll be fine. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Now we're talking about alternatives to bonds. Yep. Um, one of the alternatives: fixed annuities, four percent three years, roughly. Now that could be an option. Fixed index annuities. Mm-hmm. If you're saying, "Hey, I th- I think we're going to have kind of a nice upturn. Uh, index is connected to the uh, stock market. I think the market over the next three or four or five years is going to go up." That might be an alternative. Uh, we talked about um, uh, buffered ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Here's an email that asks a pretty interesting set of questions. In the current housing market, 30-year interest rates just went over 6%. Now, since we received this, they've actually pulled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. 5.5, 5.6. Still, 18 months ago, 1.99. Hmm. We were offered a 30-year fixed at 199. 
Hey, 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 thank you. Uh, it's Putin. It's Putin. Uh, sorry. My adult son and wife are building a new house. They will have a house to sell and will need a mortgage sometime early next year. I'm considering financing a portion that won't be covered by the sale of their old home. I would be charging interest, let's assume three and a half, structured as a 30-year mortgage. However, I expect that they would refinance at a time when the rates are more reasonable. That's an interesting point. Here's the question. Do I need a real estate attorney to prepare the legal paperwork? Yes. <laughs> you, did you did you want to think about that for a second? No. No, of course not. <laughs> oh, no, this is a serious transaction. Yes, you need an attorney. Um, anybody that tells you differently is a goof. Uh, I expect there will be some IRS issues with the income to me. Yes or no? Yes. Uh, and, and who needs to deal with that? Um, well, it would have to be handled on the tax tax return. Sure. So if yeah. he's a DIYer, he's got to figure that out or he's got to get a professional. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Should my will be structured to deal with this matter? I'm 74 years old in good health. Uh, it can be handled like any other asset. It would, follow, it would follow the terms of the will like any other asset. Or? Or what? Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, so Alyssa is absolutely correct. If if this gentleman holds a mortgage, it's an asset. Right. If just like uh, I own a rental next door, that's an asset. I own bank accounts, that's an asset. It's going to be dealt with by the will. Or in the will, he could make a provision to forgive them the yes. mortgage. Yes. So could he? Uh, should it be structured? The answer is depends on your. What you want to do, right? If you if you want to say when I die you're you're free and clear, then it can be you're free and clear. Or if when I die you owe this money to someone else. Oh yeah, your brothers and sisters yeah, or are like yeah. just keep paying, making the payments, that kind of thing. Right. right. Very good. Uh, if I die, you don't owe me five hundred grand. I I I don't know if I'd get any sleep after that. <laughs> I'd be keeping one eye open, looking for my son <laughs> to come around the corner. Um, uh, note, there are only two sons that would be involved in the proceeds of my estate. I think we actually kind of anticipated that, uh, not, not that we knew the numbers, but anticipated it, it will depend on what the end result you wish from the disposal of your estate. Right. If, so if one son has this mortgage and the other one doesn't, you might want to make it fair. You know, oh, very good. Right. So say the mortgage is 200 the total estate is 500 and you want it to be equal. The son with the mortgage gets forgiveness and 50 grand. The other son gets 250 Right. Yeah, very good. Uh, uh, this whole matter will not have any adverse financial consequences on my daily needs. That's a very important point. He makes a very, very, very good point. I get, oh, too many, too, too many, uh, particularly sweet, sweet ladies whose children show up and go, we want to buy a house. Lend us the money. We know you have money. Lend it to us. Okay. First of all, pump your brakes there, junior. You might want, you you might want to show a little respect for the person who actually has the money coming from somebody who doesn't have the money. So maybe please. And thank you should be in the sentences somewhere. (laughs) Jr. So bottom line (laughs) is, they often will do things that will hurt them financially mm-hmm. out of love for their children, out of 
obligation out of um, strong arming. Um, yeah. There sadly are lots of situations where seniors are taken advantage of financially and the vast majority, 70% plus family members, exactly family members. And um, what I have done over many, many years uh, for particularly the very sweet ladies who they're too sweet. Hey, will you lend me the money? I tell them, tell them, son, daughter, I don't care. I'm not sure I can. You need to talk to my financial advisor. And what's interesting is in, I would guess now I've been doing that for years, probably 20 years. uh, And I bet I've made that offer a hundred times. I've had two phone calls. Hmm. out of a hundred. That means 98 of them went, uh, I was pretty sure I could pull the wool over my mom's eyes. Yeah. I'm just going to drop it. (laughs) It ain't going to work. The two that I actually discussed with, it worked out beautifully Hmm. because they were very respectful of mom's needs. They wanted to make sure they were calling me with, this is an idea, but I want to make sure mom's okay first. Right. Wow, that's a great place to start. Yeah. That's a lot of respect. So for this gentleman, what what do you think? Is it a good idea or not a good idea? Uh, it sounds like it could work out well as long as he, uh, you know, handles those things correctly and is is sure that um, he won't need that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's not. it's not going to put him in a tough spot. Um, you know, there are risks, too. Um, you know, oh, sure. if the if the loan doesn't get paid back, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with some um, professional counsel, um, that could work out quite well. Yeah, I'll make two additional observations. Number one, he's not actually losing the money because if he's, as he's saying, he's charging interest. If he sets it up on a mortgage payment, he's going to get a monthly check. Right. If he doesn't need the lump sum. Yeah, not lump sum. Right. Very yeah. good. But the cash flow might end up being hmm, pretty nice. Number two observation, he says, I expect they will refinance at a time when rates are more reasonable. That could be when you're 90. Mm-hmm. Because what's going to make rates more reasonable under the current circumstances? The answer is not a lot. No. Not a lot. Um, they have pulled back a little bit. Is more reasonable 5%? Probably not. No. So you're, you better kind of be buckled in for the long term. But if you are concerned about that, you can, in holding a mortgage, um, we've done this many, many times for clients. I say we, we have uh, worked with their attorneys to do this many, many times. Uh, it's, um, there's a t- item called a balloon payment. Mm-hmm. So you can set it up where they're paying over a 30-year term, but at the end of five years, they are expected to pay off the balance of the mortgage translation refinance. Mm. So you can certainly, um, certainly do that as well. I didn't know until this past week or so that like, if you were going to offer a private mortgage like this, you actually have to charge an an interest rate that is deemed reasonable. Like, is it by the the IRS that dictates that rate? Well, because they uh, fully expect to tax you on the interest. And if you were to, for example, extreme example, I'm going to lend my son uh, 300,000 at 0% interest. Mm -hmm. Now we know this is incorrect. I have no sons. So I would never do that. (laughs) I have no sons. Um, Juliana, I would give it at zero. Oh, how about Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, probably. Well, I call him Captain now. Captain. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good point. Um, <laughs> the IRS says you can do that, but we're still going to charge you taxes as if you collected a market value interest rate. Oh. So let's say market value is three percent. You lent three hundred thousand bucks. Nine grand a year is going. You're going to. It's phantom income, mm. but the tax is very real. I'll uh, tell you what, that IRS, they don't uh, let you be any kind of sneaky. Uh, not any kind of sneaky. You know, you not, can't be any kind of sneaky. Not any kind of sneaky. <laughs> uh, dear Gene and Alyssa, I have 200000 in a money market, and I need to set set in a cur- certain kind of trustworthy annuity. Uh, do you have someone available to meet with me? My other funds are in an IRA and need to wait for the market to go back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this is if this will be good to me or good for me, uh, I'm 63 now. I want to retire at 66 in eight months. I wonder, wonder where that came out. It's coming on. Uh, if they don't do away with social security, I have a small military pension. Thank you for your service. And also wonder if I could talk to your retired SS guy, social security guy to find out the best options. Oh, so good. let's start with the social security. Can he talk to Mark? He sure can. And he sure should. <laughs> oh, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, we had a wonderful phone call yesterday from a gentleman. Uh, Tom was his name, who was so complimentary about both uh, Mark and uh, Sue Velarde. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue is fantastic. Mark is unbelievable. So the easy answer for the last question is, of course. Yes, please. Now, uh, money in a money market uh, wants to put it in a trustworthy annuity. Where do you start with trustworthy annuity, considering that we have 60 seconds before the break? <laughs> well, we only work with um, we work with a, a company that only provides um, annuities from trustworthy companies. So they look very carefully at the ratings of these insurance companies that are issuing these annuities and wouldn't sell one that isn't from a trustworthy company. And it's critically important that we that that any of you do exactly the same thing either through a company as we do through Ash Brokerage that has the resources to evaluate the financial strength of these companies uh, or on your own if you are feeling frisky and think you can do that due diligence yourself uh, because all the guarantees of an annuity are only as good as the ability of the insurance company to pay them. Mm -hmm. That's where the guarantees come from. The word FDIC, which isn't actually a word, the word FDIC does not apply. Um, There's no Tom Jones? No, this is Natalie Merchant. I I was getting kind of (laughs) used to that upbeat. That was cool. (laughs) 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com. MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. We're back after this on More Than Money. I don't know how you keep on giving.
so much. That's, that's our new intro to our discussion about estate planning. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed logical. Yeah, if it's... Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You've got mm-hmm. Alyssa Young. We got the band back together after several weeks of going our own independent ways. Mm-hmm. It's, we're, it's, we're a modern 21st century team here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got stuff. We got to cover ground. We've got multiple venues and right. and and other words that sound like Kamala Harris just baffling. <laughs> oh, oh, it's you can't make this stuff up. Whenever they announce that she's had another word salad kind of an event, I've got to actually watch the video because if you read it, you're going okay. You can see where she's just lost but hearing it is so much better it is so good uh welcome uh back indeed uh gene dickinson uh Alyssa young if you have a question for us 610-720-7900 uh at askmtm.com and please use our website uh share our show with folks further afield we have folks uh listening coast to coast and from northern border to southern uh, on iHeartMedia, just go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the Listen Live button, which magically appears every Saturday morning about 8.05 and then disappears at 10 o'clock as the show goes off air. But keep in mind that we post all of our shows on our website. We keep a rolling one-year inventory of our shows, and you can uh, review shows. Uh, you can search uh, for topics and uh, for uh, uh, guests, for example, and uh, watch, watch, listen on podcasts. You can also watch a lot of our videos from our PBS 39 TV shows. Uh, we are on hiatus for the summer, but they're still showing um, uh, our our uh, the best of uh, through the summer. And, of course, our uh, Blue Ridge Cable BRC TV shows are posted there as well. So this show, if you missed the first hour, you have the opportunity to uh, – uh, review that Monday right around noon is when we post that. John does his radio magic and uh, make sure that Megan has that in hand. And off we go. Uh, 610-720-7900. Jobs report uh, for June was quite good, 370-ish, as I recall. Um, again, uh, the momentum that came out of the pandemic continues Job creation is one of those points of light um, that we uh, uh, began discussing in the first hour, points of light at the end of the tunnel. We'll talk more about those in a moment. Um, And Wednesday evening, we have our special event that in summary, what's happening there, young lady? Uh, It is our fourth Invest in You quarterly event, and we are participating together in the Laughing at My Nightmare virtual Run, walk, and roll 5K. So 6 o'clock Wednesday, uh, about a mile or so down the street from our office, we're gathering as a group to tackle a 3.1-mile course that we will mark with spray chalk. Spray chalk. And and, uh, we'll just enjoy uh, cheering for each other and, you know, have a little challenge, get a little exercise. And we're accepting donations for Laughing at My Nightmare. Fantastic. And that's all the details are on our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. Just hit the banner. And you used, I think, really the right word, enjoy. Uh, I think the common theme so far for our Invest in You 
events has been enjoy. People enjoying being together, people enjoying helping others, um, whether it's seniors in Graysdale, whether it's uh, young people at Christmas, whether it's puppies and kittens, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's folks with disabilities, as laughing in my nightmare helps. Um, we enjoy being together. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't had the chance to see our More Than Money team together, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's we're, we're, a, we're a walking HR violation. It's just... <laughs> Um, we have great fun and enjoy being together. So for those of you who have not yet had the chance uh, to meet Alyssa in person uh, or Diane, if that is her real name, um, or Megan or so many of our... Stephanie uh, Stephanie's going to be there again. Sue's oh, going to be uh, there. Oh, that's fantastic. Yep. Uh, there's so many folks that you will really... Um, it, it, it will be... Chad's going to be there. <gasps> the Chatterino. The Chadmeister General. The Chadmeister. The Chadmeister. He, we, and and so many folks that are not part of our employment team, right. but they're part of our more than money family, and they're just wonderful, wonderful folks. So, again, um, Julianne, r- run, walk, oh, <laughs> cut it out. Come on, Julianne is very, very special. So. Uh, and Sarah Usenoff is joining us, uh, Sarah Burkaw, uh, co-founder of Laughing in My Nightmare. We're very excited to have her there. Uh, talk about a ray of sunshine. There is a young lady that will light up the night. So uh, come and enjoy. And if you are so inclined and can um, uh, share a donation, that would be fantastic. But it's not a requirement. Nope. The only requirement is that you come and share with us and share the time and share the enjoyment and uh, and put a big smile on your face. Now, lights at the end of the tunnel. For a lot of folks, this has been a very challenging time simply because it seems like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. But not exactly the case. It may have been the case. Mm-hmm. It may may still be the case. Uh, as the great American philosopher Yogi Berra, not Yogi Bear, Yogi Berra, um, once said, predicting is very hard, especially about the future. What? <laughs> uh, so when we say lights at the end of the tunnel, it, it, these are subtle indicators, small bits and pieces where you start to say, well, well, that's, that's a little better than I thought. That's a little more encouraging than I thought. I Wow, I thought everything was in the toity, and it's not necessarily <laughs> everything is in the toity. So let's start with the jobs report. If we're adding 367,000 more jobs, positive or negative? That's a positive. Sure. If gasoline prices are down about 4% in three weeks, Positive or negative? Positive. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Dollar-wise, you say 4%. Well, 18 months ago when gas was only 2 bucks, 4% is not a lot of money. But when it's 5 bucks, all of a sudden you fill up your tank, you have an extra $5 bill in your pocket. And if I were to tell you that some very wise people are looking at the current lowering demand on gas... 
are expecting that by the end of the year, just market forces alone, no expectation that the current administration is going to help at all. Why not? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's, oh, look, the light just winked out. <laughs> um, s- some very bright folks are expecting that by the end of the year, gas prices will be down 15%. Now, again, if you're looking at an average of $5 a gallon, that still means gas is four and a quarter. It's more than double what it was 18 months ago. That's still dreadful, but it's lower. And now 15%, uh, you're looking at maybe putting $15 in your pocket after filling up. Instead of 105 it'll only be 90 <laughs> So I get, oh, still, oh, but light at the end of the tunnel. Interest rates still going up? Mm-hmm. Not really. Flattened out nicely. And now long-term 30-year mortgage rates have actually come down a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, there's another rate hike likely coming. At, at least theoretically. Right. Now, um, let's talk about another light at the end of the tunnel. The Federal Reserve raises rates for whom? Banks. Banks, exactly. Not not for you. Right. Not for me. The market raises or lowers interest rates um, for you and I. Mm-hmm. So right now, lots of folks are complaining that the banks are paying almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Rates are up a lot, and the banks have not increased what they're paying. Not very much at all. Mm-hmm. And that causes some people to go, well, that kind of stinks. But as we discussed in the first hour, fixed rate annuities at three years are paying 4%. 4%. A little bit of a light. Yeah. A little bit of a light. Um, interesting. We talked in the first hour about buffered annuities. One of the um, um, offerings from that platform says that if you invest money now for a 12-month period, mm-hmm. We um, will provide, uh, the market will provide through options, the protection down to minus 15% on the S&P 500. Right. And it will give you a cap, a limit as to how much you can make on the high side. Right. And currently that's right around. 17%. 17%. (laughs) Yeah. Now. If, and these are all set by the markets. This is not set by somebody in in a back room going, ah, I'll give you 17, buddy. No, it's all done with options. So it's what the options market is saying is a reasonable upside over the next 12 months. Is that is that a guarantee? It absolutely is no. not a guarantee. Could you make zero? Of course. Could you uh, uh, make one or 2%? Of course. But if... The options market is willing to give an upside cap of almost 17%. Is that a light at the it's, end of the That's thing? really, uh, it's a pretty bright light. It's an interestingly <laughs> bright light yeah. that most people would never know about. Right. It's not a, cop, a topic of conversation that the average human being would have. Nor is it something that you hear if you have Fox Business News or CNBC on TV all day. They don't Absolutely talk about not. that either. <laughs> Folks that seem to know are suggesting that inflation is going 
lower. Mm-hmm. Or at least evening out right now, right? Seems to be flattening out a bit. And of course, with energy prices going even 4% lower, mm-hmm. energy prices drive the cost of, let me think. Everything. Everything. <laughs> exactly. So if we are dropping energy prices, it, it's short term. Is it a long-term trend? We don't know. Not yet. Nobody don't. knows. Well, I'll be, I will guarantee you, I can assure you it is a long-term trend when we hit December. <laughs> when I can look back, in, <laughs> if, as long as I have 2020 vision, I can guarantee you mm-hmm. that I can tell you what the results were. <laughs> Nobody can tell you what the results are going to be, even for Monday afternoon by 2 o'clock. Right. Whatever the market's at at 2 o'clock, you're going, well, at least, uh, no, just hold your breath. It's it's not over till it's over. But lots of l- bits of cautious optimism. Mm-hmm. Inflation seems to be tempering, seems to be declining. Some are saying by end of year, inflation should be in the 4 to 5% range from what is now 8 to 9%. That would be lovely. Be clear, that doesn't mean prices are going to go down. It means they're going to go up more slowly. Yeah. But- uh, is it possible that the Fed won't have to raise rates as high and as often as was expected? The answer is possible. It is possible. Yes. So, as you can see, lots of bits and pieces. Um, we, I'm not sure if I did this last week when you weren't here. I apologize. No, I think we were here together. We talked about the fact that jobs reports do not include uh, small businesses that are created. Mm. So if, for example, there were, I don't know, a coffee shop, like, uh, I don't know, what's a catchy name? Toasted and Roasted. That might be established in, uh, uh, I don't know, Bethlehem, Bethlehem. <laughs> uh, right around the broad and new, maybe. Um, there's are two, uh, I, I can assure you, hardworking uh, people who are employed. That's right. It's not counted. Right. And last year we set a record at 4.2 million new jobs, new businesses established. It doesn't tell us exactly how many jobs because it might be one person. It might be two as, as this is, um, or it may, um, this year they're expecting 5.2 million. So light bits and pieces of light. Um, another little bit of a, um, what academic? Um, these downturns in the market happen quite regularly, and they have trends, mm-hmm. uh, including longevity trends. Mm-hmm. And average downturns range anywhere from on the short end, uh, four or five months, to the long end, 15, 16, 17 months. Mm-hmm. And we're eight, almost nine months into this downward trend. Mm-hmm. So just by force of history, it seems like, possibly like, we're getting to uh, more towards the end. Uh, I found an article, I think it was last week, that had some reassuring statistics about recovery timelines based on historical downturn um, timeframes. Um, it said, this article says the average bear market. Um, takes 19 months to regain all of its losses. But when the S&P 500 falls less than 25%, recoveries take an average of just seven months. Recently, the bounce-back market has been even faster. 
The last three bear markets took only four to five months to recover losses. And I thought that was really powerful because I've heard from several people who are like, I don't know if it's going to come back in my lifetime. They feel like it, it's just gone on for so long and it's down so much that it's going to take forever to get back. And so I've shared this with a few people to, to give them some peace of mind. Like, hey, this is based on trends. It's not a promise that it's going to happen this time, but it feels worse than maybe it actually is. Mm. Um, four to five months to recover losses. Eh, we can handle that. Mm-hmm. So that was good news, I thought. Indeed. If we use 2008 as the poster child for holy crap, mm-hmm. uh, we went down for 17 months. A long time. So, long time. We were down 54% at the bottom. Yeah. We went almost straight up, not straight, but almost straight up, following those 17 months, for almost eight years, uh, we went from the bottom up 250%. It, with, with, with almost no break in that upward movement from a very low point. People go, this is dreadful. The Dow's never been this bad. What? In 2009, it bottomed out under 10,000 on the Dow, and we're at 31,000. At least, thank God, uh, we've had so many commercials over so very long assure us that gold is the answer. <laughs> and it has worked out so beautifully that, all right, hang on a second, uh, a year and a half ago when this whole uh, dumpster fire started, uh, gold was between 1850 and 1900. And I don't know what it closed at yesterday, but I saw it in midday, intraday, in the 1750 range. So in a time of 50-year historic inflation highs, in a time of dreadful uh, downwards uh, turns in both the bond and stock market, uh, gold, the salvation of the universe financially, went, went down more than 20%. Well, well, thank God, at least we have cryptocurrency. Oh, because that's the great salvation. Um, Bitcoin... Uh, as was announced uh, back in uh, early December, January, as inflation really started to take off, Bitcoin is the new oh gold. It is the new inflation hedge. If if when inflation goes through the roof, this is the place you need to be. Because all right, hang on a second. When that started, Bitcoin was trading at just over sixty four thousand dollars a coin, mm-hmm. and as of yesterday. It was something under twenty-one thousand. Oh, was that bad? I'm. <laughs> let me think. It's. Let's see. It's down. Is that three percent? Okay. If you're down f- over forty thousand, over sixty, th- it's like nine percent. It's down like seventy percent at a time that, according to the experts, please uh. experts, um, how do you? How are you an expert in smoke and mirrors? That's a fair question. Um, According to the experts, with inflation at at super high levels and other assets uh, really struggling, uh, crypto should be uh, just blasting to the moon. And it lost 70% of its value. That's just Bitcoin. Other cryptos, there are thousands of them. Um, why not have a crypto? We should start a crypto. <laughs> what do you want to call it? Um, Come up with a really stupid name. <laughs> uh, like like Doggy Coin? Yeah. 
Except that one's already taken. Maybe kitty coin. <laughs> uh, how about Murphy money? Oh, okay. exactly. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Charlie coin. <laughs> Murphy money. Uh, what's something with pets? Anyway, um, lot, a fair number have gone under. A fair number are reporting tremendous levels of hacking. Uh, the last major hack that I heard was $103 million wow. in coin hacked. Um, it's, it is a fascinating, fascinating. And, and we were just talking about lights, positives, cautious optimism. I think the fact that crypto has cratered is a positive. Well, the fact that gold hasn't gone up is one of my clients said he looked at that as a positive, saying, like, if the market was in really dire straits, I think the value of gold would have gone up and it hasn't. So I'm, I feel better. Uh, he, that's what he said. And he's been around a long time. <laughs> Wait a second. You made that sound kind of like a negative being around a long time. No, I mean, he's experienced. Okay. Speaking of experienced, 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Uh, I know your program that you often mention PODs. That stands for? Payable on death. Excellent. Uh, we do have accounts with a POD at a local bank, but out of New York. We're thinking of switching to a local bank in our town. We were told banks in Pennsylvania do not recognize PODs. Hmm. <laughs> it would have to be in trust instead. Do you know if this is true? Thank you so much. We appreciate your program on Saturday mornings. We always learn something new. That's very kind. Yes. Um, are you aware that Pennsylvania banks do not permit TODs no. or PODs? No. Um, Pennsylvania does recognize and allow that. Uh, for folks who are going, what are you talking about? POD, TOD, <laughs> um, what, what, yeah. what, what impact does that have? So when you have a bank account and you have a payable on death or transfer on death status or designation on the account, it means that you are naming a beneficiary. So when you die, your bank account can be transferred directly to the ownership of the beneficiaries and avoid the probate process. So um, this person, I, I don't know where they heard this from, but you certainly can have payable on death or transfer on death status on a bank in Pennsylvania, a bank account established in Pennsylvania. Um, the question about in trust is interesting. Hmm. I think that Technically, payable on death or transfer on death status is a type of interest, but that sounds to me more like when you're managing an account on behalf of someone mm. else, like a, a custodial mm. account or something like that. So if it's really your account, you wouldn't consider it to be in trust. It's no. you're the owner of it. You just want to make sure it has a beneficiary named to pass on when very you die. Good. Very, very good. Um, one of the things I need some of our more senior audience members to hear. It is very uh, common. It is, and very tempting uh, as um, individuals age and they feel a little less confident about perhaps their attention to detail or paying their bills or getting their checks drawn, that kind of thing mm -hmm. that they, 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 Decide, I'm going to put someone else on my account with me, a son, a daughter, a grandson, a granddaughter. And by putting them on the account, they are literally giving them the keys to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. 
And as we mentioned earlier in the show, sadly, 70% of senior financial abuse is done by family members. But if the objective is, I just want to make it easier for them when I'm gone, which is often the reason they put their name on the account in the first place, a TOD or a POD gives them instant ownership of the account when you pass and no ownership while you're alive. So for all of you who are thinking about, I, I want to make it easier for them, but my God, I'm still here, still my money. I want to still be in control. That's why PODs and TODs are so useful. Um, yes, and, and definitely take advantage of that. It, your your kids or grandkids or whomever you leave behind will be grateful too. Um, I had a recent experience with a client who had been added to her mom's account, and she thought she was well. She was there was confusion about whether she was being added as a co-owner of the account versus a power of attorney on the account. And, um, like the, I guess that's another status. It can be of a, a power of attorney oh, sure. account and, um, whether or not you're one or the other does make a difference on what happens when the owner of the oh, account absolutely. dies. So there's, the, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. after the break. <laughs> one of our favorites. It is one of my, it's certainly one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, the horn section alone is enough to this make is it. It's my favorite We Dance um, song. It's, yeah. it's your jam? It's my jam. Well, goodness. Um, I think we'll have John do some calculations and make sure we play the whole song at the end of the show. Uh, 610-720-7900. We only have one break left. That means 22 and a half minutes left to answer your questions. Send them to Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Give us a call, 610-720-7900. Enjoy Stevie Wonder. Back after this. that stuff it's yeah. very hard yeah. how do you cut off a song like that that's dreadful i think, you, I think that was rude of you that you did. I, thought, I felt rude <laughs> stevie's over there going gene come on brother brother, brother from a different mother what are you doing <laughs> I, I put some hard work into that yeah um, it wasn't over yet stevie i feel you brother <sighs> my stomach's growling i'm starving you're <laughs> and you're freezing 
Uh, not a little. I'm a little chilly. It didn't. It didn't crank in at no. nine o'clock the way it usually no, does. No, I'm only a little chilly, but I'm starving. Yeah. So and... just to warn you. <laughs> hey, that hurt. <laughs> um, okay. And warning everyone as uh, as we wrap up in 21 and a half minutes, don't get in her way. <laughs> She's got some important oh my gosh. edible. Well, they got the new vending machine downstairs. Oh, yeah, that healthy, healthy snacks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a vending machine on the first floor that like, it has the word healthy in large letters on the front. There's nothing healthy about the contents of that vending what machine. What are you talking about? Snickers are very healthy. <laughs> crimpets. Not, not crimpets are very healthy. They, I mean, they're they delicious. Have, they have butterscotch. <laughs> That's a health it's food. It's got to be healthy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, interesting. A uh, gentleman uh, shared with us that he works with Embassy, Embassy Bank, um, one of the premier banks locally owned, which mm-hmm. hard to find these days, uh, in the Lehigh Valley. And he said they use uh, ITF, in trust for, which was explained to him is the same as POD or TOD. Hmm. So ITF, POD, TOD, it, it's interesting. It, okay. It's interesting. Uh, it's a difference without a distinction. Uh, if your intent is to make life easier on the people that are your beneficiaries, really, really important. Uh, we had a, a pretty intense discussion with one of our most favorite clients. She's a wonderful, wonderful girl. She'd been with us since 08. Her husband passed away, and he sent her to us because he was a loyal listener, and she's wonderful, about the issue of beneficiaries and contingent beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. And these are really, really critical uh, decisions to be made. In my opinion, uh, counseling with an estate planning attorney is a really wise thing to do before you get too far along about, hey, I'm going to throw a TOD on something. I'm going to put a POD on something. I'm going to put an ITF on something. I'm going to put a, a UTI on something. It's, I, I, you've got to be careful. I probably got that last one yeah. wrong. Anyway, um, integrating your estate planning documents with your beneficiary plans is really, really important. Uh, and, and the more detailed your plans are, the more important that integration needs to be. So having your financial advisor being able to talk to your estate planning attorney, hopefully in the same room, really, really helpful. Really, really helpful. You might be spending hundreds. You might be spending thousands of dollars on an estate planning package that is worth nothing. If you have set everything up with beneficiaries, hey, I have an IRA. Is it got a beneficiary? Uh Uh-huh. Hey, I've got a house. It's in joint names with my kids. Hey, I've got bank accounts. I put TODs on everything. Hey, I spent a thousand bucks on wills so that all my stuff will go where it's supposed to. Your will will do nothing because everything's already set up to go automatically. If that's what you want, then you didn't need the wills. Yeah. You didn't need to spend the money. If it's not what you want, then whoops. Now we're, we're, we, we have the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. Coordination is important. Well, like Zumba. That's right. You have to be coordinated. Please. <laughs>
you know, so I was not at Zumba. Well, that's because you were here. No, it's because I've been asked not to come back. Oh. <laughs> so very. Whew. Um, okay, there are some disclaimers here. Don't read that. Don't read that. Um, uh, we've seen your program, heard your radio show. Uh, we've handled our own investing and done our own taxes for the last 15 years. So we have some broad financial and investing understanding, but we're in a transition time that we again feel some advice would be helpful. We're in good health in our 70s. This year, we're both beginning to draw RMDs from IRAs. So we're if they're both doing that, we're assuming they're right at 72 because mm-hmm. that's, that's the RMD age. We want to downsize from our mortgage-free home in the country to simpler living in an apartment area closer to home, family, medical care. I'm sorry, closer to family, medical care, and assistance when the time comes that we may need it. That's pretty wise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, our plan at this time is not to purchase a home or condo so that we have the flexibility to figure out where we want to live. We're not afraid of moving several times if need be. Our investments are mostly with Vanguard and Schwab. Uh, another piece of money management is hmm, a person is trustee and beneficiary of a trust funded upon sudden death of husband in 2001. Oh, so that I'm guessing is his wife. It's a, it, it sounds like second marriage. Mm. Uh, so you have a general understanding. I look forward to hearing from you. The reason I, I um, wanted to share this email is that there are no specific questions, right? but they make a couple very interesting observations that I think really apply to a lot of people listening. Um, we are, Uh, certainly cognizant that many of you listening uh, are fully capable of managing your investments on your own. We are also very aware that many of you are fully capable of preparing your own income tax returns. And in many cases you would be foolish not to because they're very straightforward. Why would you pay to have something done that you can do in an hour yourself? That makes no sense. So um, these folks have spent a very long time basically doing it themselves. And, and bless them. Uh, it, I don't get any sense from that email of tremendous anxiety or, uh, hey, fear. I don't, I don't get any of that. I I get, hey, we've been doing it, but now we're in transition. Mm -hmm. What makes this particularly interesting is um, the differences, the the very real distinctions between types of financial advisors. Because there are financial advisors who really are not. They are investment advisors. Ken Fisher comes to mind. Um, do some of their advisors know how to counsel folks with social security, income taxes, estate planning? Maybe, but they don't. That's not their purpose. That's, that's not their business model. That doesn't make them bad people. Other things make him bad people, but that's another story for another time. But if you are looking at, um, this question posed to, uh, there are folks on this very radio station that are, uh, th- they position themselves as financial advisors when in reality they are salesmen of annuities. 
And if you are posing these questions to an annuity salesman, whatever answers you get, they can't be very valuable. As opposed to a true financial advisor who integrates investment advice, income tax advice, Mm -hmm. estate planning advice. Uh, One of the wisest questions uh, or one of the wisest observations that, that this individual makes is that they're going to downsize. They're going to rent until they figure out where they want to be. That's brilliant. I think that is an incredibly smart thing to do. Is it the wisest thing financially? I don't know. I I don't know enough about their details, but let's assume for a moment that it's going to cost them some money that they could have done financially better if they had purchased a home in an area um, prior to making that final commitment. It's still the wrong answer. The right answer is what they've already determined. If you're not sure, uh, people say, I'm moving south, right? We're, we're going to uh, Charlotte. We're going to Charleston. We're going to uh, Orlando. We're just moving because we know we like it. We're going to buy a place down there. Please don't do that. Go down and rent for a year. Spend a year or two. And I get it. Yeah, you're only going to have rent receipts. You're not going to have equity. I get that. But spend a year or two exploring. Mm-hmm. Uh, find out that uh, Orlando is controlled by Disney. Disney has some very interesting corporate policies that may make you go, I don't want to be around those people. Maybe or not. And you may find out that uh, I know the villages in Orlando are very, very popular. Maybe it's perfect. Maybe it's not. And, and I know in the villages there are four town centers and maybe one's better than the other. I, you, you can't know those things by just showing up, spend um, uh, 10 days with a realtor driving around in the back of a car and going, that looks nice. You got you to give yourself some space. You've got to give yourself some uh, some time. Oh, very, very important. And you've got to be working with, counseling with, talking to advisors that understand how all these things fit together as opposed to you really need an annuity. You got to, I, I got to mm-hmm. sell you. I mean, I, I, I advise you. I advise <laughs> you. Uh, <clears throat> this comes up, came up in a conversation I had with a prospective client this week uh, who discussed a number of the other radio shows on our station and um, it, in, in kind of a naive way was asking, is there really any difference? Uh, he said, using us as an example. Mm-hmm. So the one guy, he does annuities. You guys do annuities. So is there really any difference? <laughs> and, and the answer is, uh, buckle in, buddy. Because uh, <laughs> oh, the differences uh, jump off the page. Uh, one of the biggest differences is that he's absolutely right. Uh, do we, on occasion, assist clients with annuities? Yeah. Sure. Do we on occasion assist clients with uh, stocks and bonds, Mm -hmm. mutual funds and ETFs, Mm -hmm. um, buffered ETFs? Mm -hmm. Um, The list kind of goes on and on. Uh, The salesman who is selling the annuities is not legally able to do most of that. (laughs) So if you are um, apples to apples, you're dealing with two different financial advisory firms that have equal capacities. Um, In our case, if you need an annuity, we can do that. 
If you don't, if you need some other type of investment platform, we can do that. If you're um, comparing that to someone who, if you need an annuity, they can do that. If you need something else, they can't do that. They can't do that. And so at what point does that conflict, the, at the very least an internal conflict of if these people walk out the door, I don't get paid. Huh. There's a motivation as opposed to our only motivation. We get paid fundamentally exactly the same, independent of the decisions that you make in terms of I want to do this. I want to do that. This fits me better. This is more appropriate for me. It's independent. These people are very wise. These people are very, very wise. I was very impressed. Hmm. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Yep, there's my reminder that I've got to go up to Rally Country. So if you guys are up and around, uh, up in uh, Egypt, going towards Egypt, uh, stop in. Uh, okay, here's an interesting question we got early yesterday morning. <clears throat> Uh, the company I've been working for will no longer be managing our pension. Huh. Uh, I don't want to take the lump sum. I'm 58. We were offered uh, to roll over it uh, the pension to our 401k. I'm not sure I want to do this. We were also offered an annuity or deferred annuity. I'm leaning more towards an IRA with my credit union. I also have my Roth with them. Any advice? I am currently over 20 years with the company. Hmm. Uh, lots of thing options to consider there. Um, so I guess well, I'm a little confused about this, leaning toward an IRA with the credit union. That would mean putting a lump sum in the IRA. Yeah. But you said earlier, I don't want to take the lump sum. Yeah, and, and I think that's a pretty common... Um, What's the word? Um, misinterpretation for people who are not financial professionals. Uh, I think when he says lump sum, mm -hmm. he means they're going to write him a check. And he doesn't want the check. I think that's what he oh, means. Okay. So and as, as opposed to rolling it over rolling into Rolling the IRA. lump sum, gotcha. which you and I would call it a lump sum. Yes. He would okay. say rolling the yes. account or rolling the pension. Yes. He's saying, I, I'm interpreting that he's saying, one of the things I can do is they can just write me a check. Gotcha. Which would be a taxable event. That's he's what he means. He doesn't years, want to do I don't that. Want that. Gotcha. Okay. okay, good. Second option is they can roll it into his 401k. And he says, but I'm not sure I want to do this. How does he end up becoming sure that he either does or doesn't want to do that? How does he do that? Well, he should have a discussion with a financial advisor. Um, talk about? And talk about things like, for example, what are the investment options in the 401k? Um, that's something we've been talking about a lot lately with people. Going back to our earlier conversation about bond funds, most 401ks have allocations in bond funds and they don't have a whole lot of other options to get out of that in the current environment, that can be a challenge. So that would be a significant um, consideration, especially during these times in, in rising interest rate environment. Um, a 401k um, platform might not be the best um, situation for him. 
So looking at the investment options and, and, you know, that you have, you have to consider whether or not you have all of the things available to you there that you really need right now. Yeah, that's, Um, that's an important consideration, of course, on the positive side. And he should look at this very carefully as well. Many 401ks have incredibly low fee structures. Yes. So he may end up, once he has all the details, deciding, now, wait a second. I didn't think I wanted it to go into the 401k, but it might be what's best for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll paint a scenario. We're talking about bonds not likely being a favorable place to be at the moment. Right. If he's 58 and his plan is to work until he's 70, he's got 12 years. I would be leaning towards leaving bonds behind anyway because I want his money to grow as much as it possibly can in 12 years. He's got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm using that as an example. Mm-hmm. So that bottom line, he has, if he has good options and low costs, the 401k, I might be able to talk him into sure. going into the 401k. If he's, he says he's leaning to an IRA with his credit union, credit unions typically offer uh, deposits at interest. Interest rates are climbing a bit, but they're still very low. Yeah, He's 58. The only way I would be convinced that that's a good move is if he says, I'm going to have to retire in four years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my health is bad or I have other issues or whatever, and I'm going to take Social Security at 62. Okay. Yeah, just the, uh, and the other, I mean, PC mentioned that we need to analyze is the deferred annuity. Uh, you have yeah, to look at that, it. Uh, without a doubt. And, and he has to be able to compare all of these in a systematic way, in an organized way, and, and have somebody, in essence, interpret for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, come on in. Um, John has arranged that we will have an outro song. It's a mystery song. John. I was hoping for superstitious. I thought maybe Tom Jones, but it's a mystery song um, in in honor of, in celebration of, in anticipation of Wednesday night. So uh, Wednesday night, laughing at my nightmare, five k run, mm. walk, roll. I'm 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 beyond excited to hear what this might be. But before we do that, a couple things we need to share. Uh, first of all, thank you to everybody. Thanks for the folks who called. Thanks for the emails. The emails, some of them are just fascinating. Um, admittedly, I, I think both Alyssa and I looked at a couple and went, not really sure what that means. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, we'll give it our best anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you got it perfect. Just send it over. We'll try to figure it out and, and give you the very best that we can. Um, but for everyone out there who's going, I got a lot of stuff I need to figure out. We have developed a process called a free second opinion meeting it allows you to meet with a more than money advisor and then if necessary if desired meet with so many other experts these are all complimentary meetings on taxes and estate planning and so much more your complete financial picture your questions asked and answered all you have to do to get that is ask Send Alyssa an email, Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Send Gene an email, Gene at AskMTM.com. Go to our website, MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. And, of course, you can always go, always go old school, 610-746-7007, 610-746-7007. Folks, thanks so much. 
We'll uh, we'll be back together, the two of us, next week right here on More Than Money.